What am I saying? Hey. I thought you were starting. Oh. <laughs> hey, this is Shelby. And this is Courtney. And thanks for joining us today on All Things Macabre. things macabre we will discuss things under the topics of odd weird true crime supernatural and fiction this podcast contains language and content that is not suitable for all listeners so listener discretion is advised if you find a topic we are discussing interesting we encourage you to do some research on your own you never know what else you may learn we are just a couple of old friends telling each other stories that we find interesting. We hope that you will enjoy this episode and laugh along with us through stories that are weird, true, or fictional that will just make you say, what the fuck? And now, for the fun part. Hi, Macabre Mob. It's me, Courtney. I'm back, finally. I've been taking a longer than intended hiatus but i'm back we're gonna get back to normal programming i know finally i was gonna say i know shelby's finally happy that i'm back but i love reading stuff but it's just not the same (laughs) it's just not well at least we can go back to our normal bullshit banter so i'm finally getting to see you after about what three weeks a month about three weeks i was gonna say yeah almost a month almost a month so uh what what is this problem that's got you down that they thought was COVID or some shit? They thought it was COVID. They thought it was what else was it? My anxiety, um, and which to be fair, you do have anxiety. I do have anxiety, yes, but and I know I have anxiety. I know how that feels, but you know how anxiety feels. Yes, it it, it was not anxiety. <laughs> it was definitely not anxiety. But it is called. IIH is the abbreviation, but the which is the technical term is idiopathic intracranial hypertension. Idiopathic intracranial hypertension. Yes. What the fuck is that? In a long-term or short-term sense of that, it's basically saying that my body cannot... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? My body cannot process um, the spinal fluid that I have, and so it stores up a lot in my brain and I'll have a lot of pressure on my neck and in the back of my head and it also puts a lot of pressure on my optic nerves which not so fun fact but I'm gonna use the word fun fact (laughs) um while I was in the hospital I literally went blind for a good 30-45 minutes that was terrifying let's take a step back um what were your first symptoms a headache headache a you headache. thought it was like a migraine? Mm-hmm. That's what I was misdiagnosed with was because I do have migraines, but um, it was misdiagnosed as a migraine. And so they were trying to treat it as a migraine. And that led to me having blurred vision to where I couldn't make out faces. Um, I couldn't really make out anything. It was kind of like the best way I was describing it, you know, like back in Dare when we were in school and they had you put those drunk goggles on. Oh, yeah. That's what it's like. That's exactly what it's like. You were so out of it and you can't really balance. I couldn't really walk that well. 
and getting me in a car made it even worse. I know this this went on for what two weeks? Two, almost three. How many times did you go to the ER? Um, I can't even. I know you went to a couple different ones too. I went to quite a few because I mean, like I said, I knew something was wrong, and I knew it was emergent. You and knew it wasn't a migraine. Yeah, anxiety. I knew it wasn't a migraine, but of course I kept getting passed off because they kept telling me that that's all it was. And they would just treat the symptoms instead of actually testing me. And they did do like CT scans and MRIs and they came back normal, which I mean, understandably, I kind of get now because it's not going to show anything because it mimics the symptoms of a brain tumor, which was why it's called a pseudotumor. Or yeah, I have be- seen it. It was called a pseudotumor. And so, or it used to be called a pseudotumor before it got the term, you know, for IH. But, um... They, didn't they kind of pass you off like you were just trying to get some pain pills or they something? They did because the back of my neck was in so much pain. And now looking at it, that's because of all the spinal fluid that was stuck there. I know at one point in time I thought it might have been meningitis or something. Yeah, yes, I was tested for meningitis. I was tested for um oh my gosh, I'm trying to think what else it was I was tested for. Um mono, that's what it is. I was like, what is it? It starts with an M. Oh yeah, mono that I've had that. That is fucking and awful. Because of the the str- and my I had my lymph nodes in my throat were so swollen up that they thought that maybe I still had strep. It was a lot of things that people were questioning and so they were more or less just throwing all these different tests at me to see what was gonna stick. And ironically, the way that I got diagnosed was an eye doctor at the hospital that I had went to did an an eye exam, and he had me follow his finger, and my left eye would not turn left. It would not look left. Had too much pressure on it. Yes, it would kind of like go like right here, which I know they can't see what I'm talking about. It would stay straight, like like you had a lazy eye or something. Yes. And the pressure that I was having also made my eyes cross, which is why I was having so much blurred vision. And it also made my pupils dilated. And so I was in a hot mess for a while. Um, I actually have, I've read up a little bit on this. I wanted to know a little bit about what you were going through because I was obviously worried. I stayed in contact with your mom just about the whole time I wasn't in contact with you. But I've uh, actually seen that uh, some other people have been diagnosed through eye doctors. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't even know it was a problem, but the eye doctors caught it. Unfortunately for you, it wasn't caught that way, but... Yeah, mine had to get to the extreme before it was, you know, actually paid attention to. But I had told my mom, I said, something isn't right about my eyesight. I've never experienced this before. And I I didn't know what it was. I just knew that I was in a lot of pain and that I couldn't see and that something had to be fixed. That's all I knew. That sounds terrifying in itself. And we had went to my PCP or primary care physician and they just looked at me and they were like, okay, so I can already tell that your symptoms are more than what we can do. And they had me sit a pretty good ways away. And they had those, uh, that eye chart, you know, with the letters and stuff on it. And they had me do an eye exam. The only letter that I could see was that humongous E. Just the top one. Just the top one. That's the only thing I could see. 
And so they looked at my mom and they said, yeah, she needs to go elsewhere. You know, like, you guys need to go there. And they put it further north. And so we, we went up to Nashville and that's... Which, shout out Vanderbilt. Yes, Vanderbilt is where I ended up at. And they were already waiting for me to get there because my PCP had already called them. So I walked in the door. It all happened so quickly which, I mean, I'm not complaining. Oh, yeah. Because the longer that I waited, the worse it got. They but had that car right there. And knowing now that it was a increased cerebral fluid pressure down mm-hmm. your spine and neck and head, I bet you could feel every fucking bump on the way there. Mm-hmm. I bet that was just excruciating. It was miserable. And still, to, to right now, because I'm still, you know, recovering, car rides are not my friend. And I hate them. And... It makes me disoriented, and so I try not to get in the car, which that's why they told me I can't drive for two weeks. But well, Two weeks ain't that bad. But when you get that placard, that handicap placard, I'm driving wherever you need to go. <laughs> You're going to have to suck it up. We're going. I'm going to take advantage of that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get one. Well, <laughs> well <see>. you should. <laughs> I also do love the fact that everybody's treating me like I'm like this little fragile doll. But, I mean, in y'all's defense, I am pieced together by stitches right now. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah, we'll get we'll get to the surgery part for sure because that one, that one got me. I feel like I need therapy. So, you finally get to Vanderbilt. Yes. I get to Vanderbilt. Like I said, they waited for me to get in the door. I told them who I was. Or my mom, you know, said, hey, her PCP is called. This is who, you know, her name. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. We literally just got the phone call. And so they took me straight to, uh, I walked in, went through security, and then they took me to the triage. They started to try to draw my blood, which that's a whole fiasco in (laughs) itself. And after that, I had to just kind of wait to be admitted into the ER because of how many people were there. And that was, that was a fun experience because, and I say fun very sarcastically, because I ended up, because of how packed Vanderbilt was, which of course they have no control over that. Um, well, they are known as one of the best hospitals up there. That is very true. And they, I mean, I, I believe it. I ended up having to stay the first night in the hallway and my room, air quotations, room was a little plaque on the wall that said like D fifty six or something like that. <laughs> and my, it's like overcrowding in a damn jail. <laughs> it was really like my little bed was just parked right beside this little plaque, and that was my room. And so I stayed the night in the hallway of the ER for one night, and that was an experience. No sleep, I'm sure. I barely, yeah, barely slept. Yeah. Barely slept. They did give me an eye mask and some um, earplugs. Well, that was nice. <laughs> At least they tried to accommodate They me. did. I will say every single nurse and doctor I encountered was so freaking nice to me. I know you talked to me a lot about it. And I know there's a shout out because I heard yes. that she was absolutely <laughs> awesome. Yes. Um, shout out to, and I've told her that I put this in my phone and this is how I was going to say it, was Brandy from Vandy. <laughs> yes, I have heard about you, Brandy from Vandy. Thank you for taking good care of my best friend. She did. She did take really good care of me. And I mean, like I said, so did everybody else. I that I could not ask for a better experience of, to be in a hospital, you know. With what you went through, which we're going to get to. <laughs> that's pretty big saying that. <laughs> it, everybody treated me very nicely and I had no issues, you know, from them. Now, other hospitals, I'm not going to say mentioning names, but, you know, that was, that well, was. Well, they treated you, know, you kind of like. You were just making the shit up. 
I mean, I literally had doctors look at me across their arms and they said, so I see that you've had A, B, and C tests done. And I was like, yes, sir. You know, and they said, well, what am I supposed to do? Uh, your fucking job? <laughs> like, clearly it's something else. And House <clears throat> wouldn't have given up. But I'm, <laughs> thank you. House would not have given up. And, I mean, that's kind of like how Vanderbilt was because they yeah. literally tried everything. I believe they're a teaching hospital. They though. are. And, I, I mean, I knew that I was in trouble whenever I had literally had two doctors look at me and they were like, well, I've seen you've been to this hospital and this hospital and this hospital. And then, like I said, you've had A, B, C, and D done to you. So what, what am I going to do different? And I tried to explain to them, well, I'm looking at you, sir, because, yes, A, B, and C, and D were done to me. But, but there's still a fucking problem. There's still a problem. Obviously, I'm not better. Do E, F, G, and H. <laughs> exactly. Like, do something different, please. Like, think outside of the box at this point. That's what they should have done, is just think outside of the fucking box. But instead, I was blamed for trying to seek drugs because I was given um, morphine for my pain in my neck. And that's really what started that. Which was excruciating pain. Oh, it was a lot of pain. Oh, God, yeah. Yes, I would wake up literally like moaning and groaning and saying oh my god and i didn't even realize it but i was saying it in my sleep before you went to vanderbilt you stopped texting me and Mm -hmm. i started asking your mom if you were okay and she would actually tell me constantly like she's in a lot of pain she can't sleep or she's finally asleep you wouldn't be asleep for long you would just like pass out i was gonna say i literally slept you did pass maybe i I did like actually pass out Yeah, that was something else that mom was concerned about is that, and I'm not looking back at it, I think the pain is what was causing that. Because I would be mid-conversation with you, and the next thing you know, I'm out. That's fucking crazy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And I, one of the hospitals that I had went to, that's actually how I got a room, because they were going to make me sit out outside, and at the time I was vomiting. That was another thing. I kept vomiting for two weeks straight, could not keep a single thing down. And that was something else that the doctor said, well, that's not possible because you're not dehydrated. So what are you doing? And I'm like, you tell me. I mean, you're the doctor here. And um, it was just, it it was a lot. It was a lot. That sounds like a fucking lot. And I mean, to go from being accused of hospital or doctor shopping, basically, you know, because I was seeking pain medicine because I was in pain and... Then, you know, them arguing with me of saying, well, you know, your workup on all these labs that we're taking is not matching up with what you're saying. So, therefore, we necessarily don't believe you. Well, you know, another thing about the, the pain pills and pain medicine and stuff, people don't know you like I know you. Right. You don't take pain medicine. Mm. You will be in dire pain and you will try to just take Tylenol. I'll take Tylenol and ibuprofen before I will anything. So this this is not someone who's just going and getting morphine and just going off with it. Like, I'm sure you rejected the harder medicine at first. I did, and I even... Until re- it got completely unbearable. And I did, and that was the, that was the one time that I only took something. The the morphine was that. That was it. That's the only time I've even taken anything. Because even after I had my surgeries... Yeah, you um, just had Tylenol. I, I just took Tylenol. I refused. Which blows my fucking mind after I saw the surgery, but... Well, we will get to that. <laughs> I'm really excited about that because that, that made me sick. 
<laughs> All right, so we got you to Vandy, you got your first night, and they finally figured out, you said within, like, I know that you didn't tell them yet, but within, like, 30 minutes, they It was, like, 30, 45 minutes they had me figured out because I had, or 30, 45 minutes after I had made it to the ER. So I was there for a good, like, hour and a half before they was able to let me get into the ER um, because, you know, they had to wait for a bed open, a.k.a. my bed against the wall. <laughs> but, um... The second that I had gotten in the ER physically, that's whenever all the doctors started coming. And, you know, I had a whole team. I had neurologists. I had optometrists. I had ophthalmologists. Um, I had general surgeons. Like, you just felt like VIP. I, I mean, it was like, because, because they found out, which, you know, we'll get into the details of how rare this actually is. Oh, yeah. They They all were like, oh, 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 you know, they all so, wanted to be a part of they it. They all wanted to be a part <laughs> of it. Like you were the you were the interesting thing in the hospital at that time. <laughs> I really was. Which I mean, I'm not complaining because I mean, it helped them fix me. You know, yeah. at least to where yeah. I'm able to sit here and look at you and still get this done. I know there for a minute I was real worried. I had to stop working and just sit down for a second at work because I was like, oh my god, my best friend's gonna die. Yeah, uh, I mean, <laughs> I was scared. <laughs> It, it it was it was scary. I, I I started crying for a little while because it's it terrified me. And I mean, I remember looking at mom and telling her, "I am terrified. I don't know what's going on. I know something's wrong. I'm even more upset because nobody's believing me." But after I went to Vanderbilt and they believed me, mm-hmm. I was even more emotional because I'm like, you know, you finally believed me. You finally believed yeah. me. <laughs> And then I realized that what I was diagnosed with was so freaking rare. And I'm just like, great. Just, just, just great. You know, like. All right. So we've got you diagnosed at this point. Yes. With IIH. Mm-hmm. So how rare is it? One in 100,000 people. One in 100,000 people. So that's pretty <laughs> fucking rare. <laughs> However, there is a catch to that number, right? Yes. If you are, it's mainly women and women and their childbearing ages, aka me as a 31 year old. I think it said between 20 and 50. Yeah. And if you're obese, it increases your chances to where I want to say, I've heard it's like 1 in 17 to 1 in 20. Uh, I also saw like 20 and 100,000. Either way, it increases greatly. It's a big leap. And And just so you know, it's not just obese. It's your BMI over 30. Yes. So I was curious. I looked up my BMI. I'm not that big. I'm about 170 pounds, 5'2". Yeah, I got a little weight on me, but, you know, I I I wouldn't consider myself obese. I consider myself chunky, but not obese. I'm obese. <laughs> I, according to my BMI, I'm by medical obese. standards, yes. you're obese. So it is actually very easy to be obese according to these medical standards. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's insane. And I'm going to take a quick tangent and say I apologize if you guys can hear my ice rattling in my cup that I'm drinking. So I, I sincerely apologize for that. Got to keep you right here. Got to keep you hydrated. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I mean, if you are air quotations obese, you know, like your chances of having this increase and I mean, it's really difficult to know that you have it though, because it comes off as just until you get to the point where I was, where I couldn't see, that's when you know that you basically have it. But I mean, 
Some people get lucky and get it caught, like you had talked yeah, about like before we were recording. The guy, yeah, it was and, a guy, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, it made it more interesting to me. And, I mean, you get... Some people get lucky, and you just... Your eyes, I guess, just start to dilate, or maybe they start messing up because of the pressure. But um, a lot of people get it mixed up with headaches or migraines, because now that I've looked back at it, I'm like, that makes so much sense, because... But you're a chronic migraine... Yes. ...haver, too. Yes. And so... But since I've had my surgery, I should be knocking on wood, but I'm not because we're recording and I don't want to <laughs> blow out everybody's eardrums. But my headaches, if I have one, it's just like a little bitty pain in my head. But that could be from the surgery, yeah. too. True. And Which, so, I mean, it's nothing yeah. compared to what I had. Yeah. Well, tell me if I'm wrong then. So, IIH, if you get it, it basically acts like a headache, gives you a stiff neck. Makes you just kind of generally feel like shit. Mm -hmm. But really all it is, is too much pressure in your spinal fluid going between your spine and your Your skull and shit. Yeah, because your brain can't process, or I mean your body isn't able to process it to like fluctuate it to let it move to where it needs to go. Okay. And so it just gets stored up in your brain. Which would cause pressure. And Acting like a tumor, and a pseudo tumor. Yes, and so it stays mainly within your optic nerves, which is what causes you to have blurred vision it or pushes on your eye muscles. Yes, and the more pressure that you put on yourself increases the pressure on your brain, which increases your chances of going blind. Like any kind of straining. Any kind of straining. That's like going to the bathroom, bending over to pick something up. Um, like lifting weights or doing something like that, like anything that really like makes you like grunt to have to do something, it that increases your chances of you going blind. That's insane. Like it's it's scary. It's really scary. I, I bet it is. I mean, so okay, you said you know you have a higher chance being an obese female in uh childbearing ages, mm-hmm. but what causes it? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. That's why the first I in the IIH is idiopathic. Nobody knows what causes it. It's just a thing. It's just a thing. Okay. Which is another reason why they were all on... That's why I had so many members on my team. Because they were trying to ask me like what I was feeling or experiencing to lead up to this. So they could just kind of add it to their research to try to find out what causes it. I don't think this has been really recognized since about the 80s anyway. It's fairly new to my understanding. Um, I mean, it's not brand new, but it's newer. And mom and I were talking about that too, where we're like, well, how did they know to do what they did to me in order to treat it? You know? Yeah. Like, what did they do to the first original people whenever they first, like, when it first got its name? Well, I mean, I don't know how they would have figured out how it's the cerebral fluid that's causing the pressure, causing all the problems. I have no idea how they would figure that out. But I would think you would punch a hole in it and release the pressure. That's just what they did. They did a spinal tap on you. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your first spinal tap. Well, the first well, one... Well, not the first one, because that was just a regular spinal yeah, tap. Yeah, the first one was a regular one. Well, let's go with the first one at Vanderbilt. Well, both of them happened at Vanderbilt. Oh, I thought you had one at a mm-hmm. ER before. No, both of them happened at Vanderbilt. And the second one was the emergency one. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. 
And Man, that's the one that you had to stay awake for. Oh my gosh. The When I had the spinal tap, they gave me an epidural, so I didn't feel a thing. I was good to go. I was like, okay. Because I was scared to death. I'm not going to lie because I didn't. I I've was always thinking, heard spinal taps are awful. Exactly. And so I was like, this is going to be bad. I'm going to be in pain. I'm good. Which also, I will say, disclaimer, I have a high pain tolerance. She which, does. Which leads to this next conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and I, this is nervous laughter. <laughs> this is not funny at all. It's just I'm nervous to relive my trauma. <laughs> when, when you told me this next part you're about to tell, I just looked at Tina with my mouth open. <laughs> Oh my fucking god, I feel so bad for her. So, I had to have emergency surgery because I, as I had said, literally went blind. I could not see anything at all. It was terrifying. It was literally like I was in a pitch black room. You know, like when it's so black, like you can't even see, or dark, you can't see your hand in front of your face. It was like that, but I had my eyes open and I was aware of everything. And the only thing I could do was scream for my mom because I was in the bathroom when it happened. And I couldn't even see to pull the little thing, like the, the call cord, light. The call light. And so all I was doing was just screaming for her. That would be fucking terrifying. In a strange place, you can't see. Yes. In a public ER bathroom of all places. And mom finally was able to hear me because I think somebody told her. And I, you know, you had mentioned me passing out. I remember sitting there and my legs were just constantly just shaking uncontrollably. And I was getting terrified. I was getting scared anyway because, I mean, I couldn't see. My legs were shaking. And then my mom had said that she had to catch me because I I passed out again. Damn. And she said that I started shaking. So I don't know if I had a seizure or not. I don't know what happened. I know they said that you, or you said you might have. I may have. I don't really know. Um, like I, that, that would make sense with all the pressure on your brain though. It, I just know that it scared the crap out of me and my mom. And I was only out for like a few minutes, if not seconds. And then I came back only for me to go back out again. But, um, they were in the middle of trying to find me a room anyway. And so when that happened, of course, that expedited the process of getting me a room because they were like, well, now we have to do emergency surgery. Yeah. And so I didn't even go to an operating room. I was literally in a regular hospital bed room or, you know, with a room. And before I had made it to the process of the surgery, um, they had to keep stopping because I kept vomiting. Um, I could not stop throwing up. Yeah. Um, which is... I know you'd been going through that for weeks at that point. I was over it. Over it. (laughs) (laughs) And so fast forward to we got, I finally was able to get that settled. And they said, all right, this is what we're going to do. Basically, we're going to do the same thing as you did with the spinal tap, a.k.a. you're going to lay on this bed. You're going to put yourself in the fetal position. They told me that my shoulders had to be squared up together and that my knees had to touch and I had to shrink like this to where my spine was sticking out and they didn't tell me what they were going to do to me by the way i'm sure there's a reason oh there were yeah there was a reason i I probably would have said nope because they didn't (laughs) want me freaking out they told my mom of course and my mom didn't tell me because she probably had the right idea and so uh my poor mom she said she couldn't even be in the room because she didn't want to like witness she because you know yeah she knew she couldn't help me 
And I feel bad now, like, looking back on this, like, the trauma that she also went through, like... Oh, yeah. Because of what I went through. She was really worried about you. And she... She, and She called me that first night from Vanderbilt. She called me, and you could hear the fear in her voice. It was scary. It really was scary. And it turns out the doctors had told her that what they were going to do to me was they were going to make a small incision in my lower back... And they were going to send a catheter into my spine to draw out the excess spinal fluid. And that they had to do it without any type of numbing or pain medicine because they had to make sure that they were going to go to the right spot and that that they weren't going to accidentally paralyze me. So a spinal tap with no medicine and a tube being shoved up your spine at the same time. Yes. Fuck that. And that they had to rush and that they had to hurry up and do it to salvage what eyesight I had left. Which at the time... Was pretty much nothing. Was nothing. And so I was blind, going in there blind, you know, no pun intended. But, you know, I I just knew that I was getting a spinal tap. That's basically what they told me. I was like, oh, okay, you know, I just went through this the day before. I can do this again. Boy. (laughs) (laughs) That, that on a scale of 1 to 10 on a pain level was a 12. Yeah, I watched, I watched a video of them putting a catheter in a spine. It. I had to cut it off too. It, it was not fun. Was not fun at all because I mean, of course I don't have any pain medicine, so I felt it when they cut me open. I felt it when they shoved the thing, the catheter up my spine. So, okay, tell me, because I I looked, I told you I watched that video. Mm Mm-hmm. So the the needle they insert into your spine is about the size of a cigarette. Uh-huh. So you've already got like the cigarette size thing shoved up into your spine. Yes. And then the catheter which they have to shove up your spine. Mhm. First of all, I believe it's got part of a tube on it, doesn't it? Or is it just did they just shove it through that needle? You know, I don't know. But it's at least a foot long. It yeah, it was it was pretty decent long because, I mean, like I said, it had to go up in my spine to where it was able to touch the fluid. Plus, it was it had to go be long enough to where it would hang on the IV pole to where it would drain out. So, I was literally committed to this IV pole. Like, where I went, it went because we were stuck together because of the catheter. That sucks. And so, every time I had to use the bathroom, I had to page a nurse because they would have to cut it off. To where, um, because another thing I didn't know until one of the other nurses had just thankfully told me, I I didn't understand why, you know, whenever I would take my hospital chair or my bed and I would try to sit up, why my head would just all of a sudden just start pounding and why I felt sick to my stomach. Well, one of the nurses told me, well, that's because when you're moving and sitting up, the spinal fluid is being pulled out even faster, which is causing your head to hurt. She said, you're going to have to call us and let us know when you want to sit up so we can shut it off. So it's not sucking all out. Yes. Damn. And so I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense. That does make sense. (laughs) (laughs) And was the spinal fluid you had coming out clear? I saw it was clear on the video. Yeah. Yeah. It was was clear. weird. Yeah. It's weird just to look at it and be like, that... Came from Like, it me. looks like water. Yes. Yeah. I figured it'd be, like, bloody looking or something. It literally looks like water. It's, it's gross. I'm not going to lie to you. And 
after that, after they inserted it, I, I think I had like four stitches, which after we're done recording, I'll, I'll show you where yeah. they, they did it. At. I get to see all the gory stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that, ironically, of all the things, out of the, the cutting me, the shoving the catheter in, and the, the, the syringe and all the stuff, I was able to handle all of that. The stitches is what got me. <laughs> Of all things. They couldn't numb you for that? No. No, they couldn't numb you for any of it. No. Oh, shit. The cool. stitches is what got me. I remember, like, holding on to the bed like I'm holding on to this chair right now. And I said some not-so-nice words, and I apologize to that doctor still to this day. <laughs> I mean, I was... I, I had had enough. Because, I mean, like I said, I could feel it when he would go in, and then he would pull it, and you he'd probably go feel back. that thread pulling all the way. Oh, my God. Yeah. I... Talk about some trauma. Like, it it was not fun. And no. I... But it helped. It did help. Because after that... After the surgery was over, I wasn't able to move for two hours. I had to lay flat on my back for two hours. Oh, my God. And that was so uncomfortable I because was. I was trying to adjust to having the freaking catheter in my back. On top of my back being sore from the stitches. And I'm just laying here like this, staring at the ceiling, bored out of my mind. And... I'm, Could you see by that point? I, it was finally starting to come back. Yeah, so you were getting your I, I was able, back a little bit. Yeah, it, I mean, and so it worked. I'm very thankful for it. Oh yeah. And I kept that the catheter in me for. Did you have it in during your other surgery? Yeah, they took it out in the during the surgery. Mm-hmm. Okay, the first or second one. <laughs> the second time is when they we'll took get it to out that too. Believe me, I raised hell when I woke up from the first one, and I was still attached to it. <laughs> I was pissed. <laughs> we gonna get to that part though. It's coming up real soon. That's <sighs> not the next part. Because I had the catheter. Like I said, I'm trying to figure out how many days I had it with me. Three or four days. Well, you left Thursday, I believe. Yeah, I left on Thursday. So surgery was Tuesday, Mon- was Monday. 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 Okay. So I got so it. You got it out Monday. Friday. Yeah. Friday. Friday. Friday Saturday. Saturday Sunday, Sunday. Monday. Four, four days. days. Yeah. So I was glued to that thing for four days. Was not fun. And then I had one little. I had a night and a half in the ICU. Yeah, that scared me. And then I went to a normal room where I stayed at until I was able to leave. Well, you want to tell why you got moved to the normal room from the Shut ICU? Shut up. <laughs> you didn't I, even say it to him. I didn't do anything, okay? Okay, so what had happened was <laughs> me being me, which my mom doped up, I'm sure, at this point. No? No? Mm-mm. So no. You, so you were just literally being you? I was literally just being me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, again, as I had just mentioned earlier, you know, like I said, I didn't take hardly any pain medicine during this entire freaking time. The only time I did it was after the big surgery. Yeah. And only after that, it was just Tylenol. Yeah. But, um, yeah, mom said that she could tell I was feeling better because of what I said. But (laughs) (laughs) there was a very attractive man that was my nurse. And I made a joke to my mom. And I'm not saying what I said. (laughs) But... I made a joke, and literally, like, I don't know, it wasn't long after I had said the freaking joke. It it was something about him being nice looking, though. (laughs) (laughs) 
he was attractive, okay? And I acknowledged that. And it he was, wasn't within like five, ten minutes. It wasn't that long. I'll say like fifteen. I'll say maybe to a fifteen. Whole floor. Yes. <laughs> because he had, oh, she don't need to be nice to you. I, I had said it and then he had came back because he was going to get me some Miralax because they were convinced that, you know, after my surgery I had to use the bathroom. It, that's a thing. So they were shoving Miralax down my throat, which now I've also realized Miralax makes me puke. Oh nice. I can't tolerate it. Well, if it worked, you'd be having some issues on both ends. Yes, and so <laughs> that's another thing. And sorry for anybody who doesn't, who, who, if this episode's a little bit too much for you guys, no, I apologize. shit talkers, get over it. But um, I was literally throwing up, and he came back, and he looked at my mom, and he said, well, I hate to inform her of this, but um, they're kicking her out of the ICU. He didn't say kick her out, but he said that they're moving her to a different hall. And I'm just like... Really? And so my mom was like, see, he heard you what you said, and that's why you're getting moved. And I'm like, I didn't say it to him. I was just saying that he was attractive, okay? I said that you uh, you got kicked off the floor to avoid sexual harassment. <laughs> I, I literally, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> But then, what is something like just buying you dinner or something? I, what I said, okay, what I said was that, <laughs> that he was attractive and I would not be opposed if he was giving me a sponge bath is what I said. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> because the other nurses literally had to take these wipes and like literally wash me. And so me being the smart ass that I am, and yes, I apologize <laughs> that I said this to this man. I didn't, well, I didn't say him. it to him. It wasn't to him. No, he wasn't even in the room when I said it. But that's all I said was that I would not be opposed if he gave me a sponge bath. I know it's wrong. And you got kicked off the whole damn floor. And I got kicked out of the ICU for it. Okay? <laughs> so I learned my lesson. No more sponge baths. <laughs> no more sponge baths for me. You know? <laughs> but that's what I said. That's hilarious. Alright, <laughs> uh, so Monday, I know you got scheduled for... For surgery Monday morning, they had the room booked from like six a.m. six to noon. o'clock until twelve thirty. Yeah, I remember because I was at work right whenever I thought you were going into surgery. First thing I did was text your mom. And so that morning, well, prior to that, the night before, or like not really the night before, it was like midnight ish. You know, so the morning of, but as crack of dawn, morning of, they had to come and get, draw blood so they could like test it for something, I guess, to make sure that I was good to have the surgery. I don't know what they were testing it for. I have no idea. But, um, they had to test my blood for something to make sure that I was given the okay to have the surgery. And my poor nurse, bless his heart, he could not get any blood out of me whatsoever. Which you have issues with that anyway. Yeah, because my veins will blow, they'll roll, they're deep. All the problems you can possibly think of. Anything to make you a heart stick. Yes, anything. So, and that was another thing. They have these people called IV therapy, and they're like these special people that they have like the ultrasounds and all the things and all Uh, the high tech stuff. They're supposed to be able to find it. They were the only people could touch me and could get something. Well, that's good. I remember one time I was on a Air Force base when I was a kid, and it was a new nurse, and she stuck me like 
12, 13 times. My mom threatened her. Jeez Louise. <laughs> yeah. My mom was like, you ain't. No, you're going to get another nurse to come do this. Well, there's one of my bruises right there. I was going to say, I look like, like a human pincushion right yeah, now. You, I saw some bruises all over you. And I, I know you've had it out for a while, too. Man, they even went... And this is not in Vanderbilt, but they even went like right here in my armpit. Man. I had an IV ran in my armpit. That sucks. Which actually, it it sounds like it's bad, but you don't feel it. Like, you really don't feel it. Really? I feel like I'd be feeling it every time I move. You don't feel it. It's weird. Well, I'm still not going to let them do that. (laughs) (laughs) No. But, um, yeah, he had to bring in IV therapy, and they woke me up in some odd-ass hour of the night to draw my blood. But I was worried because I was anxious because I was like, I have to have this surgery. What am I going to do if they can't draw my blood and then I can't have the surgery? Did and they then I'm tell you what the longer? surgery was at this point? Yeah. They had told me that I was having the surgery on Saturday. So tell me what they told you the surgery was. So they told me. And I'll tell you what I saw because I looked it up. <laughs> they told me that they were going to, basically, I was having brain surgery and that they were going to install a shunt in my brain to where it would help expedite the process of moving the spinal fluid. fluid. And then that they were also going to run a tube and attach it to the shunt, run the tube down past my ear, in my throat, and into my stomach. In your throat being the side of your neck. The side of my neck, yeah. And... So, they said that I would have two little incisions on my stomach, which I do, and that, you know, like I said, it was, they told me that they were going to cut me behind my ear, and that's how they were going to run the tube, which I think that they did cut my ear, or cut me behind my ear somewhere. Well, if it's like the surgery, I'm going to look at it after we get done recording. I get to see all the gross stuff and make fun of her, (laughs) but it's only because I've got 15 years in on it, but, uh... Yeah, the surgery I saw, it looks like they cut a chunk about like like this. I know y'all can't see, but it's like I'm holding a baseball in my hand. Mm-hmm. And it, it looks like it's just like that from fingertip all the way around the curve to my thumb tip. That's about the size of the... That's just what it looked like in the video I saw. And so, fast forward to... But you to, weren't expecting them to shave your head. No, I saw exactly what I was about to say. So, <laughs> fast forward to me actually having said surgery... Yeah, because, I mean, whenever you're telling me you're going to go behind my ear, I'm thinking, all right, so my head's good. Yeah, and unlike me having short hair, your hair's down to your shoulders. Yes, and so I was like, okay, you know, you're not going to shave my head. I don't have to worry about this. I should have asked. I should have said you're going to shave my head, but I didn't. You should have. And so Monday gets here, 6 o'clock. Like, they pick me up at, like, 6.15 and roll me down to, you know, get into the the stuff. And um, I'm in, like, the... I don't, I'm just going to call it triage. I don't know what to call it. And so... Yeah, like a recovery room after surgery. They're getting me all, you know, set up and giving me all the things, like the little hairnet to put on and... Um, oh, you mean before the surgery? Before the surgery. Oh, yeah, then that's... And I was in there for... Triage, but it's like I, pre-op or some shit. I was in there for a hot minute. And then um, I was talking to the doctors and, you know, and then it came time for the surgery. All I remember was... Going in there, it was bright as fuck. Like, well, I mean, they're doing basically brain <laughs> surgery on you. I hope they can see. <laughs> and so I remember seeing that. And then I had to move from a little bed that I was on into like a little operating bed. And 
They put the little mask on me and they told me just to take deep, deep breaths. Just take, just keep breathing it in. And I remember the, um, the assistant for the, uh, anesthesiologist, she said, I'm just going to warn you. She said, this thing smells like a beach ball. A beach ball. <laughs> <laughs> and it did. It smelled like straight up plastic. And she was like, just taking deep breaths. I don't, I took like maybe four deep breaths. Yeah, I, I never get very far on anesthesia. Out. <laughs> out. Yeah, and she knocks me out quick. Then the next thing I know, I'm waking up in recovery and I hear this man to my right complaining about like why he's there. And I'm still waking <laughs> up thinking like, where the fuck am I at? You know, like, I don't know what your problem is, dude, but like, I don't know. <laughs> took me or they had told me originally after my surgery that if I was able to stomach it that I could have like something to drink because of course you know I was NPO or you know I couldn't right, have anything right. by mouth nothing to eat nothing, nothing to, drink. to drink and maybe so, some ice chips if you're lucky if I was lucky and so the nurse was like do you feel nauseous and I said no I said I'm I'm good she was like well here you can have like a couple of sips of Sprite and I was like yes <laughs> <laughs> Your <Yeah>. favorite. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I actually had told mom after my surgery... <laughs> I said, I wanted a Sprite and some chicken tenders and mashed potatoes. True, true fucking Southern right there. <laughs> and so, a little to my surprise, I was able to get like two or three sips of the Sprite. And then they wheeled me into my um, uh, my room. Then they broke the news to me. They said, hate to tell you, but you still can't eat because you're NPO again. And I said, what? <laughs> Why? And they said... Well, you see, it's because the shunt that we put in isn't exactly in the position that we wanted it to be. I think they said it was like two millimeters off of where oh they wanted God. it to be. And so, to make a long story short, they, and also they didn't take out that godforsaken fucking catheter. Yeah. Which is another thing that pissed me off. Um, they said, just, just to give you a heads up in about 30 minutes, you're going right back into surgery. <laughs> which, this is about the time I got in contact with you. And. Yes, and so I remind you, I just got out of recovery. Y'all are telling me in 30 minutes I'm about to go right back under. Is that when you reached up and felt your head? And Yes, and I had just <laughs> happened to be like, I don't know what caused me to touch my head. I don't know. And I just happened to touch my hair, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And I had like a good soft, like maybe the size of my palm, bald spot on my head. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a picture. I've got the picture that you sent me right after that. Because, of course, <laughs> the first thing she did was tell me she was pissed off because she had to go back in surgery and they shaved her head. I was mainly mad because I couldn't have my Sprite. And then you tell, and then I found out that you shaved <laughs> my head. I was ready to so, fight. So, of course, being the best friend I am, send me a picture. I have to see it. And I was curious as to where they cut her anyway because at this time I hadn't seen the surgery. I had just known what you told me, and you said behind the ear. That's what they told me! So I was thinking, you know, <laughs> so then she sends me this picture, and she's got this spot on the top of her head missing. Look at look at how mad you are in that picture. <laughs> <laughs> I can't post this picture, but you guys, she looks so mad. I am pissed. <laughs> and then also the fact that they put DP on my yeah. forehead. I'm assuming that's probably the doctor's initials or something, but I still think it stands for Dick Princess. <laughs> That was probably because of the sponge bath comment. Shut up. 
<laughs> that would not come off my forehead, by the way. Well, they made sure they cut the right spot. And in the picture, it looks like it's on the left side, but it's actually it does. on the I right think side. You used your camera looking at you. We were talking about that too. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, it's on the right side of my head. And Tina gets to see it too. Sorry so we fast forward that other thirty minutes. They're like, "All right, here we go." Because I mean, like I said, when I found out that I didn't have my hair or you know, that they shaved my head, they butt they gave me a buzz cut, and it was like you know I had my long hair, and in that one little spot, it's just you know like I don't think they shaved it all the way back though. Did oh, they did. They? Yeah, oh, did they? they did. Oh, I might have to see that whenever it's, we get done. It's right here. It stops right here. The way you got your hair parted though, you can't tell. I haven't seen it at all. And oh, not yet. We gonna see it. As soon yeah. as we get done, we're almost done. But um, the first time, the, yeah, the, the first time was the, it wasn't that big, and the second time it grew. The oh, ball so spot they grew. Went, they, they shaved, shaved it even more. more. I didn't know that. The first time it was just like right here, this little patch right here, and then the second time they got back here. Oh shit! And so I mean, I I literally started crying because I was just like, "What the fuck?" Like I know in the picture and the way you felt, it was like they butchered your hair. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I literally just had my long hair in this one little spot, bald. Like, but your mom came and, through. Yes, mom was able to fix it, thankfully. So I am forever thankful for she her. She got you some. Uh, hats she got me some hats and, and these little headbands. headbands. And I, I was really impressed with that headband. I like it. It was comfortable. It looks nice too. Um, but so like I said, they took me back again. This time I was in like the pre-op even longer. And I will say, it was like, it's interesting the room that I was in. I don't know really what room it was, but it was like, it looked like a library. Hmm. It was weird. But well, like, that's interesting. You can't read. Were, <laughs> not, not with your eyesight coming back still. Right. <laughs> it, it really, that I mean. slap in the face. It wasn't a library, but it was set up like a library, if that makes sense. Yeah. And mom, bless her heart, she says that I'm never able to go under anesthesia again because she says it makes me mean. But I was... I, I, I remember saying a few things because I was pissed because, you, you know, were. like I said, you shaved my head. Then I found out that I still can't eat or drink. And by that time, my stomach is growling because it's like, I don't know what time it was. It was like one or two o'clock whenever I got it. You probably hadn't up. eaten since the night before. I hadn't. And so I was pissed. And then, like I said, and then I also found out that I still had that godforsaken catheter in my back. Two major surgeries back to back. And so I was even more pissed because y'all were supposed to take it out. And you didn't. And so, I I I remember asking the doctors whenever they came to get me. I said, "Y'all are taking this catheter out, right?" <laughs> I was like, "Cause if not, I'm not going. I don't care what you got to do. I'm not going until this catheter. Y'all agreed to take it out of me, but they did take it out during the second time. Oh, I'm glad they did. And I remember telling my nurse I was joking. And I was saying that I feel like I was getting divorced again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, it. The second time, the second time really messed me up. Like, it really did because I didn't even have time to fully recover from coming out of the anesthesia the first time. And then I got sucked back into it the second time. And then whenever I came out of recovery the second time, it wasn't where I was the first time. I don't know where the hell I was. Like, to this day, I don't even know where I was. I just know that I was with these two men and that they were willing me somewhere. And then I just showed up in my room and I didn't even know it was my room. Mom had to tell me that it was my room because I was arguing with her. I was like, this is not my room. Oh, my God. And she was like, yes, Courtney, it is. And, I mean, I was out of it. I bet you were. And, like, the next couple of days after that, I was kind of, like, I was having trouble, like, really kind of 
trying to figure out what was reality and what was something that I may have dreamed whenever I was under anesthesia because boy yeah, I bet you had some wild dreams I, too yes and so and they were so freaking realistic I mean and on top of that whenever they woke me up the second time they were asking me where I was if I knew my name and all this other shit because you like, had brain surgery basically yes, yes and so I was just like I don't know where the fuck I am <laughs> and <laughs> I literally looked at them and I was just like um I don't know where am I? Can you tell me where I am? Because I don't know where the fuck I am. And it it was it was an adventure. Do you want to hear what your surgery was? What I could watch of it at least. Sure. <laughs> so y'all know what she had to go through. <laughs> I know you're not gonna see, but she's gonna understand because I'm gonna show her as I'm doing it. So what they did was they cut where you were talking about on your head. Uh-huh. They cut like all the way around. You could probably put a softball in that whole circle there. Oh yeah, yeah. So they cut around there and they peeled that skin back. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> that part wasn't the worst part, actually. <laughs> they get into your skull. And they go. They put that shunt in your skull. What that, does the shunt look like? That's what I wanted. You know, to know, I couldn't actually see it. It looked just kind of like a little bead almost on it is what I saw. Huh. It, uh, maybe Brandy can yes. take a picture of it or something sometime. I really want to know what it looked like. Yeah, so Brandy from Vandy, maybe you can come through for her. I want to know what's in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so once they get that in, they get it where they want, wherever, where they fucked up on yours, whatever. I don't remember, and you would think that me being like a uh, uh, somebody with a college degree related in the field of psychology, I could tell you what the little part is that your brain looks like a little butterfly, but that's where the shunt was... Cerebral? I don't remember. You're, I, I'm going to keep using the fact that I have brain damage right now. Oh, yeah, but you get to use that for a while. That, <laughs> that's where the shunt is at. Okay, so they it is in your brain. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... They got that piece of skull there. They run the cord, I guess, out through your skull. That would make sense. It comes around that's under exactly behind your ear. Yep, that's exactly where the tooth And goes. it runs down your neck into your stomach. Now, that's not the worst part. The worst part is how they fucking do it. You remember that cigarette size needle, needle that went in your back? Uh-huh. They have one that's like three feet, four feet long. And that's, it's like a, putting a fucking catheter and you see it go through your neck on the side. That's how I knew it was your neck, not your, like, actual throat, because I watched the surgery. They have you on your side, so they have, like, a straight line down all the way to your stomach. They just poke that shit all the way down through the side of your body. So that's probably why they cut me right And then they cut sure you in your can... stomach to attach it into your stomach oh so they don't have to cut you all the way down. Tina's killing me! I couldn't watch the whole surgery. Oh. Once I saw them put that tube down and they started pulling it back out so the catheter was in there, I had to cut it off. <laughs> and, I mean, I have watched a lot of really, really disgusting things. <laughs> that one that one, and a spinal drain with the catheter fucked me up. <laughs> Man. Just think about it. I can't do it. Uh, and I mean, like, and you talk about it, and then, like I said, I had the option to take some decent pain medicine. You said at that time you were just taking Tylenol. But I literally just said, no, I'm good. Just give me some extra strength Tylenol. Several times after the, after the second surgery, after the successful one, mm-hmm. uh, 
I kept asking you because I had seen the surgery. I kept asking you, how you feeling? Whatever. And you're like, oh, I'm okay. And I was like, how? How in the fuck is she okay? <laughs> I would never be okay. And then you said something about your neck hurting the other day. And I was like, yeah, I imagine so. Yeah. And you were like, what the fuck? And it's but, itching now. That's, yeah. That's the weird thing. I said it itches and I, I can't do anything. I assume with them shoving that down through there, it probably separated some stuff. It's probably just healing back together. Yeah, yeah, because that explains why. Because, I mean, you can feel it. You itch when you heal. It's, so. I mean, it, I can, I'm touching it right now. Ugh. It's, it's, <laughs> and that's something that I had to adapt to because, like, the first day, like, if I would yawn or if I would, like, open my mouth a certain way, I could feel the, the, oh, like, really? my skin, like, stretch and I could feel it move. And <laughs> Tina's about to pass out. <laughs> 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 but I mean, now I've just kind of gotten used to it. I mean, it's still sore. That's pretty good. It's only been like a week. But I mean, it hasn't. I haven't even been a week yet. No. Uh, yeah, since surgery. Yeah. Or has it Today's been a week? Tuesday. Oh, it has been a week. It's been a week and a day, basically a week and a day. Wow. Well, yeah. yeah, it has been a week then. Okay, I lied to you. But um, I mean, it's taken some time to get used to. That's for sure. And I mean, this is a permanent solution, so I'm always gonna have it. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, if you would have told me two months ago that I was going to have my head split open and I was going to have major brain surgery, I'd have been like, you're bullshitting. I would have said you were bullshitting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these last two months of this freaking year have been hell. Well, you got 2023 coming up. Maybe it'll be better. Maybe you'll have fewer migraines. Maybe. I know you're off work for about a month to heal. I know mm-hmm. they want you to use a walker, which I totally agree with because if you fall, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's what they're not terrified gonna be of. Good. They're terrified of me falling and hitting yeah. my head. So, uh, which I will say, um, Brandy, close your ears. Um, <laughs> the day after, or the day I got out of the hospital, um, which was the day after surgery. No, no, it's two days. Two days after surgery. Because you were going to get out Wednesday, but I was sick. And they couldn't get your blood pressure right. Yes. And so, two days after surgery, I had went into the store with mom so I could use the bathroom. And then I come back out and I go to get in my car and I misjudged how, like, low to the ground my car was. Oh, man. And I smacked my head on the door facing of my car. Thankfully, it, wasn't, it was on the other side. It was on the other side. Yeah, I was going to say, thankfully, it's not on the side that all the, the, the show happened. Oh, yeah. It's on the other side. But it scared me for a minute because I, I just knew it. I just knew it. I was like, I'm about to die. I'm, <laughs> I'm about to go blind again. Oh, here we I'm about go. to start puking. I, like, thankfully, I didn't. It was okay. But, <laughs> well, I know when you were in the hospital, you were just itching to get the fuck back home. Oh, I know you were. I know we talked about it. And I even was like, hey, just calm down. Enjoy it while you're there. Your mom called it, what, Hotel Vandy? Yes. Hotel <laughs> like, Vandy. Just enjoy it so you don't end up having to go back. How has everything improved since your surgery? I can see. How Um, is your eyesight compared to before everything? Significantly better. I mean, right now, because I'm tired, it's somewhat blurry. But you haven't lost any long term. mm -mm, I haven't went blind. Uh, My eyes haven't haven't crossed. Like I said, if I have a headache, it's just really mild. It's nothing like it usually or used to be. 
let's see, my balance, it, it, it comes and goes. I mean, which is hence why they made me have the freaking walker. But um, like today, I was able to take a shower. I've been taking baths for good two weeks now. And today was able, I was actually able to stand up and take a shower. And I didn't get sick because if I overexert myself, I get sick. Were you able to wash your hair under the water? Mm-hmm. It didn't hurt? Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Baby shampoo? Um, I use baby shampoo where I can use like sulfate free shampoo. But um yeah, it didn't bother I'm me. I'm surprised that water hitting it didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. I mean, my whole head is numb. Oh well, yeah. So I'm, I mean pins and needles <laughs> feeling basically. But, I know I've got scar tissue from surgeries. It feels like pins and needles, which is that's what exactly I'm what scared it feels you're like. gonna be feeling. But I mean it it didn't bother me. Um I haven't had any issues. Um, I'm able to keep food down now. Yeah, I know. I brought you some Rick's barbecue. You had a, uh... A baked potato. Potato. You weren't sure if you were going to eat the pork or not, so I got it on the side, and you ended up being able to eat it. Yes. And it didn't make me sick. Yeah, first time in weeks? Yes. Yeah, two weeks. haven't really had a lot of meat at all, have you? Mm. No. That sucks. I'm a meat eater. (laughs) Because I barely ate while I was in the hospital. I'm a carnivore. (laughs) <laughs> I think I could really honestly adapt to being a vegetarian. I really could. Hey, I'm being more power to you. I, I like my bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I like chicken too. You'd think after working at a chicken factory I wouldn't, but yeah, I still love chicken. Uh, no. I just know what to look for to not get. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, man. So... You're getting better. I know you got a lot of checkups coming up. A lot. A lot. I know they're wanting to see you like three times a week for what, six or eight weeks or some shit? For physical therapy. Yeah. And then you got checkups in that too. And then I have to go to Vanderbilt uh, coming up so I can, I got to follow up with the neurologist and then I also have to go back up there to do the optometrist, which I will say like the entire time while I was in Vanderbilt, every single morning, the doctor who get, who, who I said that I apologized to every time because I was cussing him. Um, who I'm gave sure me, he understands. Who, <laughs> who had given me the catheter. He would come and visit me every morning. And, um, you cuss me out again? <laughs> <laughs> and he would have these like little cards and it would have like little teeny tiny numbers on it. And then, you know, like it would get bigger as it would go up. And that's how they would test my eyesight every freaking morning. Is I that had. the one you called Burke? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was another thing. That's how I entertained myself for a week that I was in the hospital. I would name all the doctors and nurses after. Did Brandy have one? No. Uh, she was just too cool for that. She was, she, 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 yeah, she, she became was Brandy. Brandy, Brandy from, from Van. Yes. All right. <laughs> but, but that's how I entertained myself was I named all the nurses and the doctors from characters from Grey's Anatomy. And so, yeah, I called You him. didn't have a George O'Malley, did you? I did see a mouth. I, I did, but I was like, it wasn't, I didn't he have didn't work him. on you, did he? No. Oh, okay. No, 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 I saw him. But he wasn't on mine. Oh, well, that's good. But um, <laughs> no, just kidding. I hope you don't ever kill anyone. I I know how it goes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he would show up every morning. These little cards, and it was like these little glasses that I'd have to put on. I'd have to cover up like one of my eyes, and I would have to try to like read the numbers. And it was kind of it was interesting to see my progress because like the first you couple see of it days, each day. yeah, uh, the first couple of days I couldn't see shit. Like, they would have to, like, put this other little filter on to where they were, like, these little teeny, like, pinholes. And he would have to shine his flashlight, and I would have to try to, like, line up my eyesight with the pinholes so where I could see it. Huh. It was, like, it would magnify it. I don't know how it worked, but it did. 
And then I eventually got to where I didn't have to have the pinholes and I could just read it without it. But like by the time it came for me to discharge and I, like I said, it took a week, but it was, I, every single day I was able to slowly get to where I didn't need it. And I could read like the little tiny ones without having to do the pinholes. And then he would also, he had this little app on his phone. It was Christmas ornaments and they were like, shades of green or red and inside the ornament was a number and the shade of a different color and you had to like look at it a certain way to oh, make yeah, out what real the, hard to see yes to yeah. make out what the number was and that's how they would test my eyesight oh boy i got so frustrated with those freaking <laughs> ornaments but no, they don't by the go end blind though yes by the end though I was able to see them. I was able to guess them. I, or, you know, like tell them, I got them all right. And I remember the optometrist, it wasn't Burke. It was the guy who was, who came with Burke. I didn't ever give him a name. Um, <laughs> the eye guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he, uh, he got so excited because like whenever he finally realized that I could see, he was so excited and he was like, you did it. And he like <laughs> gave me a high five and all this stuff. Hell yeah. <laughs> But I mean, it's interesting to see where where I started and where I am now, and that it all started from having too much spinal fluid on my brain, and to think that if I literally would have waited a whole nother day, I would have been blind. Yeah, I you probably would have. Literally, would have been blind. It would have put too much pressure and caused permanent damage. And on top of that, I was about to go to the chiropractor the day that I went to Vanderbilt, and I'm glad Ooh. I didn't. So that that probably would have released that pressure in a whole different way, built the pressure up more. Yeah, mom said it probably would have really, really it probably would have made me you up. blind. And so, thankfully, I didn't do that. But I mean, I will say, kind of like as a PSA to anybody, you know, like I'm not really trying to scare anybody or our listeners, but more or less just be aware. Like if you notice that you have frequent headaches and if your eyesight just happens to remotely get blurry and like you're off kilter, seriously, it could be, it it could be IIH. And I would honestly suggest probably going to an eye doctor. Yeah. I think a eye doctor would be some kind of optometrist would be a better bet. Uh, However, that being said, if you have anything wrong that you just know is not right, don't give up. No. Don't don't listen to doctors that say that there can't be anything else wrong with you, nothing else they can do. They, there could be something wrong. Because there don't was with up. me. Because I, 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 that's exactly what I did. I did not give up. because, And there was a few times I got ugly with them. Because, I mean, they were disrespectful to me. So I was like, okay, two can play at that oh, game. yeah. And so I did get severely disrespectful with some of them, and I don't really give a shit. No, I wouldn't. I mean, I mean, they could have let you go blind. Exactly. And so, I mean. That being said, does anyone know out there if there's some way to get her uh, emergency room bills from all the (laughs) misdiagnosed shit? If there's a way to get rid of that? Oh, I don't even want to think about it. Just a thought. Maybe help her out if you know anything. Give us a shout. If you know a lawyer that could help it, let us know. (laughs) Someone pro bono. I was going to say pro bono, maybe. (laughs) But, I mean, it is what it is. But I'll cross that bridge when I get there. But still, seriously, though, I mean, advocate for you. Do what you need to do. Because only you know really what you're feeling and what you're experiencing. And you know the difference between something that's just minor and what something that's emergency. And, you know, of course, I'm not saying that doctors are 
always right or always wrong because I mean they're human Everyone's too. Everyone's human. But I mean still you're going to have to sometimes just get stern with them and say no that is not what's wrong with me. I would know you know like for instance whenever they said that I was having anxiety attacks and that's right. what the issue was. I mean I remember literally looking at the doctor and saying dude I have had anxiety for years. I suffer from anxiety attacks. I know this is what not they like. an anxiety yeah. attack. Yeah like if this is an anxiety attack, then shit, fuck. <laughs> exactly. Right. I Maybe mean, I haven't had anxiety until now. <laughs> right. Like, is this really what anxiety is? I mean, but... Yeah, they, they just kind of make you feel kind of crazy at that point. That's not right. Not that's right when I really all. started getting fed up. I'm not going to lie. I really started to get fed up. And, oh, I, we forgot to bring this up. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been looking forward to being able to record so I can try to, like, advocate for IIH or just advocate in general for people to stand up for yourself and not let people run over you. Yeah. Um, But apparently my mom had told me, and I'll say this little tangent, and I think we're going to close up shop, but um, I apparently had missed you guys so much that I was trying to record in my sleep. <laughs> That's right. My mom had said that while I was sleeping um, in the hospital, I had started talking in my sleep and she said I was talking in full sentences and that I was saying something along the means of out of all the research that I had done that all the children, uh, all the it victims were the children. Edwards and case. I really think that I was, that's exactly that was what I was. the last case you did before this happened. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably was real heavy on your mind because I know you were kind of beating yourself up over that. Yes. Because you couldn't think straight at the I time. Could, yeah, I really couldn't. And it was probably because of all the fucking pressure. So <laughs> hopefully now you're back, you're going to be even better. Because now looking back at it, yeah, because after we, we did that, got I got confused. Sick. Yeah, you got a yeah. little confused during that recording a little bit. And then you got real sick after that. Yes. You went home and you just stayed sick after that. Yeah, that was the beginning of so, it. So, yeah, it was probably real fresh on your mind because that was the last thing you thought before you of got all sick. This. That's crazy. <laughs> Recording. I know we've missed you a lot. I've missed you a lot. I'm still going to continue to try to do some grim stories. Uh, eventually, I'll probably break it off to another podcast so it won't interfere with this one because, I mean, they're a little short 10 to 20 minute stories. I, I just don't want to fill up our shit with it. Fill up our it, It's a whole different, like, it's it's still macabre, but it's a different genre. If you haven't heard Grimm's fairy tales, they are very dark fairy tales. Yes. I like them, though. I do, too. Uh, Tina got me the entire box set. I know, you yeah, showed me. really awesome. Uh, you got anything else you want to add? I don't really think so. I will also apologize real quick, because I know I'm moving in this chair, and it's sounding like somebody farting, so <laughs> if you guys hear that, too, it's this chair that I'm in. Sorry. I'm, we want her to be comfortable. I've been wiggling, but... Yeah. I'm sitting in a little computer chair. It's about to break my tailbone. So, but. between the chair and my ice, I'm sorry that I've, you know... <laughs> I've made some noises. We're also trying something different. We're recording in her mom's office because she's staying with her mom for the time being. So I hope this isn't very echoey. It may be a little echoey. I'd like to apologize in advance. Yeah. Yeah, because that's another thing. After you get your head split open, you can't really be left unattended. And you <laughs> kind of have to be babysit for a couple of weeks. And so uh, that's another adjustment that I'm having to get to is the fact that I have all these restrictions that I have to do. But it's okay. I can see. I, I'm alive. And so, you know, I'm able to 
fill your ear holes with all my random rants and fun things, you know. And I know after this we're going to record another one, but yes, hopefully... It'll be released the week after this one, though. So hopefully after not this one and not the next one, but maybe the one after, I'll be back to where I can hopefully. get my if, stuff together. If you can stay alert long enough to not get a headache while on your tablet. And yes. Stuff. I know. It it takes a lot out of you to do research, so we don't expect you to do it right away, but we are super excited for you to come back At least fully. Until fully. then, I can sit there and commentate, you know, run my mouth. Eventually, I'll come back with some stories. I have a lot of them. I have some good ones on deck. It's just my body decided to have other plans. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. So, but yeah. I guess I guess we're going to cut it out today or for now. For now. I'm going to do a recording of Gilles de Ray. How do you say that again? Gilles de Ray is French. Gilles, Gilles de Ray. Gilles de Ray. I thought it was Did like Giles it? or something. No, it's Gilles. 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 So, uh-huh. we're, we're going to check that out here in a second. <laughs> but until then, uh, I'm going to look at this bald head over here. So. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> See ya. All research is done by Shelby Hudgens, Courtney Pylant, and Tina Collins. A special thanks to Tina Collins for managing us, and we are a lot to manage. All social media is linked in the description below. Be sure to follow us, and don't forget to leave a rating on wherever you get your podcast. If you have an interesting topic that you'd like to hear on our podcast, please email it to allthingsmacabre.pod at gmail.com. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E. Did this episode make you say, What the fuck?